love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. My name is Jonathan Darty, and I am here with Lee Preston. Hey, Lee. Hey, Jonathan. And we are uh, doing our Healing Hidden Wounds segment of the radio broadcast, which we do this every four or five weeks. And uh, what this broadcast is all about is really trying to help those individuals who are struggling with unwanted same-sex attraction. And so this week, uh, Lee, I guess we're going to be diving into maybe a little bit more and understanding some of the origins of where uh, a person might develop same-sex uh, attraction tendencies, and and you've kind of called this too much, too little, and kind of we're going to kind of talk about mom and dad, and so why don't you just tell us where you'd like to go in this broadcast? Sure, Jonathan. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to just say to moms and dads out there, none of us do it perfectly, and that's not what we're here today is to try to to criticize one or the other for too much or too little of whatever they they gave. Uh, because as a father myself, I'm sure I'll have to look back and, and realize some of the places that I uh, I wasn't paying attention or let some things slip by me. And so that's not about it's not about criticizing today. It's just about kind of being aware of what's in our home. And uh, I think what I the reason why I titled it too much too little is uh, for a lot of men struggling with same sex attraction and homosexual sin is that. Uh, there may have been, as they were growing up, too much of the feminine and not enough of the masculine, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I wanted to start. And so, I mean, again, not to not to shame parents here, but but obviously that most likely will break down in a, a split between mom and dad in terms of where the too feminine or the not enough masculine would come from. And so it's kind of a natural breakdown that uh, the um, Unfortunately, I think how it's been described sometimes is the overbearing mother and the absent father. Right. And I think even in that, there's there's it's shaming to kind of say it that way, because I think in a lot of these cases and you've you've seen this in your counseling practice. um, These are not all ill intentioned parents. I mean, in fact, the vast majority of them had the best intentions for their children. Most definitely, and I think that's why I'd like to take it a step further than just an overbearing mom and an absent dad, because usually what it's it comes out of is something much deeper than that. It's not necessarily as much of an overbearing mom, but a mom who just uh, offers too much of her, her love. And then that's a hard statement to make, but it's, it's uh, trying to explain... Uh, in these homes, a lot of times, mom was uh, parented uh, 
and and was hurt in the parenting that she received somehow. Maybe she had a father who was uh, overbearing and was uh, angry and hurt her in her femininity. And so she kind of grew up making this little vow to herself that, you know, I will always make sure that my children feel safe and that they feel loved and that they're protected. Those are all great things. Uh, but out of that vow, sometimes are born uh, things like uh, overprotection and uh, shielding and sheltering from things that would might help that little boy grow up to be the masculine man he's meant to be. Yeah, and I would say that that again, it's it's not necessarily that the things that the mom is wanting to accomplish are not well intentioned. I mean, there she's got good intentions. Typically, though, what it is, would you say it's it's merely an imbalance of those intentions or or an over extension of those intentions so so like for instance like you said protecting your children wow that's a great intention for a mother to have i mean in fact i think it's unless there's severe um mental or psychological issues i think it's only natural for a mother to have a protective instinct for her children but what what i'm hearing you say is that probably gets blown out of proportion in, in the home where uh, some of these tendencies are are realized is it's the mom taking that desire to protect her children to the point of smothering her children with protection. Right. And smothering is wonderful when you're zero to maybe a year and a half. Uh, when you start to get a little older, though, mom has to learn to kind of release a little bit more of the reins. And it's not a bad thing at all to smother. Uh, I don't think any child, any any baby, any infant can be spoiled. I know I've heard people say that, and I just don't believe that. But I do believe that as a little boy grows up, mom has to learn where she begins to release some of that protection and let him learn that he may have to protect himself at times or be able to protect on his own. Uh, sometimes mom mothers out of her own pain. Uh, and that's what we talked about a little bit earlier. And so then maybe she's afraid of, of masculinity in the home because she saw overuse of masculinity or some of the more negative uh, negative emotions that, that dad may have had in her home. And that's not necessarily related to masculinity because sometimes just rage and anger and, and those sorts of things sure. don't necessarily have to be masculine. They're just part of a, a dysfunctional home. And... But therefore, she related them to dad, and so dad himself, as a masculine man, became scary to her. And so now she's saying, I'm going to protect my son, and she ends up protecting them, her son from the very man who might give her, her son, that masculinity that he needs. Now, doesn't this also indicate that there's probably some dysfunction in the marriage relationship? In, Most definitely. In these, in these couples. Well, usually, yes, because there... Even to some if, degree. Yes, even if there is uh, an absent dad. You know, we talked about even if there's a dad who's the strong, silent type, and mom needs to talk, and she needs to relate, and she needs to share what happened in her day, and he's too busy doing his thing, then she can feel very rejected by that. And that's why it's very necessary for the for parents for in their marriage to keep that marriage first and those children come second, because if their marriage is in good balance, then those kids will feel a good balance as well. Well, and a lot of times, I guess, if she's feeling rejected or not heard or hurt in her relationship with her husband uh, or with the father, even if they aren't married, then I think 
that it's an easy uh, conclusion that she just then turns all of her attention onto her child. Most definitely. And maybe even maybe even shares more of her emotional problems in her marriage than she should with her children. Um, you know, so rather than dealing with those issues in an adult manner with the father, she's turning to her children as kind of an emotional outlet for those that pain and that hurt and that dysfunction. Right. And and in other words, what she may end up doing is she kind of draws that son up into her relationship and he becomes that safe man that she can talk to. Uh, he's that son that she can mold to be more like uh, the kind of man she wishes she had. But that's not what it's God's intention is. And so it ends up causing for that little boy a lot of emotional issues because he doesn't know how to handle her adult feelings. Mm-hmm. And so then talk a little bit then about uh, the feminine emotions and how that plays into this in terms of that that son um, maybe beginning to develop uh, same-sex attraction, maybe to begin to develop some of those types of feelings. How does how do feminine emotions fit into that and how does mom kind of kind of initiate those or, or pass those on to her son? Well, I think in a in a situation where a boy is growing up as he should, uh, he will get the best of mom, which are all of her wonderful feminine emotions, that tenderness, uh, sensitivity, protection, that female protection of, of holding and gently, you know, uh, just caring for the child. And those are all wonderful things. And that's supposed to be there. But the kid who begins, the son who begins to grow up, if it's in, in a healthy place, Dad ultimately adds his masculinity into that mix at some point, and that boy begins to draw away from some of the tenderness and more into that strength and the power and and those masculine emotions that God intended us to have. And so, and so, in this home where there there isn't that healthy balance, um, he he then only knows, or at least is familiar and comfortable with. The feminine emotions. Yes, and at times, Jonathan, he may actually even reject the masculine emotions. Out of fear or out of what? Uh, out of fear. Uh, he's not used to them. Uh, he's only used to mom and her closeness and her gentleness and her tenderness, and so he is raised under just those things. And so then if dad ever shows any of the uh, emotions that aren't shouldn't be so prevalent, I mean, yeah, we all get angry, we all throw, you know, temper tantrums at times, but if he sees a lot of that in dad, he may draw even further away from him, and if he never gets to see those positive masculine emotions of power and strength shown in a, in a more positive way, then he may actually reject it at some point and only turn to those feminine emotions. And so you've got this little boy feeling great when he's around mom with her tenderness and sensitivity. But when he gets over to dad and dad's roughhousing and he's, you know, messing around with him and kind of wrestling and doing all this stuff with him and maybe being more of a guy with him, he gets scared by that and wants to get away from it. So then if if all of these things are beginning to develop in him, uh, in terms of of him kind of internalizing a lot of these feminine emotions, feeling most comfortable with mom, um, maybe even fear, feeling fearful or at the very least just kind of rejecting uh, the masculine or maybe even just not even knowing 
how to uh, enter into that world of the masculine. At what point or how do these things then begin to cause him to seek um, male interactions or or to sexualize male encounters or to sexualize male relationships? How, do, how does all this factor into that next step? Well, he begins to grow up with only the feminine relationship, and he begins to relate more to women. You'll find this boy drawing more to having female friends. Uh, he may try to interact at school. He may have some male friends, but they're usually distant. Maybe they're usually, you know, they hang out for a little while at school, but there's not a lot of closeness there because they don't know how to get through. And, and you know, it's like... Uh, you know, there's this uh, this kid who is used to hanging out with all the girls, and so he is uh, experiences their sensitivity to one another and their relationship with one another. And, and they he, feel safe with him. Yes, because he's uh, a safe man. He's not, you know, he's not one of those rough-and-tumble guys over there playing soccer or pushing them down or those sorts of things, which sometimes boys just typically do. Uh, then they... He ends up trying to get into that male world, and he doesn't know how, because at that point he's afraid of it, and he doesn't fit. And the boys see that, and that's when you see a lot of name-calling, because he's already become more of the feminine, and so they don't know how to relate to him. And any time in grade school, junior high, you see differences. Kids jump on differences real quickly. And so he begins to reject them even further, but we all need relationship. And he needs to know what his masculinity is all about. So as he begins to grow in his own questions about his own masculinity, the only place he knows to turn are to those more feminine men that he feels safer around, which is in the gay community. Yeah, so then he, he kind of enters the gay world, uh, like you've said, because there's all these guys that are expressing emotion the same way he is without fear of any masculine emotion showing up. Exactly. I remember in my own recovery uh, realizing that that was happening when in the gay community you had, you know, you could sit around and talk for hours about any number of things. But men in the typical world don't know how to talk very well. They, their communication skills are less. And I'm not criticizing men in general. I'm just saying they don't, they weren't raised to know how to sit around and, and just communicate for hours on end. And so I could see differences there. And and their ways of communicating are different. You know, I, I, I had female bosses a lot of the times in my, uh, in, in my career because they were safer. They would come up and bring me something to, that needed to be done, and they were very gentle about it. Oh, you need to get this done, and don't worry if it's a little late, and if you have any questions, let me know. And then I had a boss that was male for the first time, and he just kind of threw the paper across the desk at me and said, this needs to be done by three. Well, I was angry. I was mad. I was upset. It was like, what the heck's going on here? This, he, how does he? Why is he treating me like this? When in reality, that's the reality of how men are able to communicate back and forth. There's not this need to be emotional and sensitive to one another mm -hmm. all the time. Right, right. And and I think that that begs the point that uh, we are in our talking about mom. We're wanting to make sure that that our listeners understand, especially those moms that are listening. That um, that sensitivity, tenderness, all these female emotions are wonderful. They are great emotions. And what we are trying to point out, though, is how when even when even wonderful emotional expression is 
out of balance or out of harmony uh, with how a boy needs um, the masculine to be integrated through his development, that that has a tendency to lead towards some of these things. And and so with with that, I'd like us to kind of switch gears and talk about dad. So so what what is dad's role or um, how does dad's influence or lack of influence um, affect his son uh, in ways that might aid some of these tendencies or feelings in him? Well, I think, honestly speaking, most dads want to try to do the best they can to raise their sons to be good, solid men. Yet they begin to see this process happening and they don't know quite why it's happening. They see their son maybe, you know, rejecting them slightly or or pulling more into mom, and they don't know what to do with that. And so they immediately get fearful, I I think, sometimes about, uh uh-oh, my son is, he's too, he's too feminine, he's too soft. I've heard dad say that. Well, he was just a very soft kid, or he's just, he was way too sensitive. And so I think then they become afraid, and they think, well, I don't want to turn my son gay. I heard one father tell me that. He said, I didn't want to turn him gay, so I I quit hugging him, you know, or I didn't kiss him anymore. I was afraid that was going to cause him to to be too connected to me. And so, you know, I think in their fear, they pull away and they don't know quite what to do with that, especially when the son begins to reject the dad. When he starts to feel that rejection, then a lot of men have a tendency of just saying, well, fine, if he's going to pull away from me, then I'll pull away from him. And uh, that's the last thing you should do. Yeah, I was going to say it has the the absolute opposite effect. I mean, these these uh, fathers who who say I don't want to quote you know turn him gay, so therefore they withdraw physically from him, and that's sending the exact message that a father doesn't need to send to his son, which is, yeah, you are different. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Right. When in fact. What that child needs more than anything is that strong masculine influence to keep embracing him, to keep kissing him, to keep touching him, you know, as a as 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 a as a man, you know, giving those big bear hugs. And, you know, I remember uh, as a kid myself um, that uh, my dad kind of around 12 years when I was 12 years old, just kind of started backing off in a lot of his physical affection. And now his was for different reasons. I think it was just because that's what he learned from his dad growing up, same sort of thing. Um, so it wasn't that I'd think he necessarily saw any, any feminine characteristics in me, but I remember it was, it was, it created some issues in my mind, you know, in terms of wonder why that is, it's, you know, as much as I would probably still push away if I was 15 years old and him trying to give me a big hug in front of my friends, that's okay to do. I think, you know, um, I, one of the things that I've really com- committed to as a dad is I have a son and, uh, while I'm not going to seek ways to embarrass him, I, I'm committed to touching him as a father should touch his son all throughout his adolescent years with hugs and kisses and, and all those forms of affection that I think are so necessary for sons. And what you're saying here is that when those things become increasingly absent, um, it's almost like, don't you think that that son, we're all built with a void in us that seeks emotional connection? 
Most definitely. And so what happens then is if that father's going to drift away, well, the son's just going to fill up whatever's rest, left in him with whatever mom can offer right. or with whatever anyone can offer. Right. And and if you look in, if you, you know, kind of take a picture and you and you look down on this family, you see even times probably where dad tries to press in, but he gets kind of rejected away from that. And then mom sees that and she tries to buffer. So she comes in and tries to comfort the son. And so son runs to mom and dad's rejected even further. And mom gets upset with dad because he doesn't try enough. And before you know it, you've got this cycle of over-connectivity by mom and under-connectivity by dad. And it's not that either one of them intentionally did it. It's just the dynamics of the relationship mm-hmm. at this point. Well, you know what? We only have a few minutes left, but I, and I, I know we haven't gotten everything, but I would like to, to ask you, what would you want to say to these parents, especially if we've got parents listening? Um, how would you want to encourage them as they continue to raise their son's uh, to really embrace the masculine and understand what it means to be um, uh, a healthy young man? Well, I would say, you know, uh, first of all, to dads, don't stop hugging your kids, kind of like you said. Don't stop hugging them. Don't stop kissing them. Uh, don't stop spending time with them. It's like we, I think we said in other shows, you know, it's uh, uh, they may look at you like, don't touch me in front of my friends, but nine out of ten times they want that connectivity. And they go through that adolescent stage where they don't they don't act like they want it because they're too cool. But ultimately, when they get through that, they're going to be glad that they had it even back then. And for moms, it's, you know, as, as great of a mom as you are, be careful that you allow your sons to separate from you at some point and become the man they're meant to be. Uh, that you can't protect them from everything, that you can only protect them from those things that you know, and that at some point they have to learn how to protect themselves. And that draws out that masculine energy that helps them feel strong. If you're constantly being the one to protect them, don't do that, don't do that, you're going to get hurt, stop doing this, you're going to get hurt, then those kids sometimes grow into fearful men who are afraid because, and then they don't know how to handle that fear. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I would my encouragement to the parents would would uh, be the same. I'm going to give the same word of encouragement for both the mom and the dad. And that is take risks. Mom, it's going to be a risk for you to let that bird out of the nest and to to start to, you know, uh, take your hands off, so to speak. Um, It's going to it's it's a risk for you because it's it's unfamiliar territory. It feels unsafe to you because. Everything about you as a mom says protect, 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 you know, um, and, and so it's going to be a risk for you. Dad, it's going to be a risk for you to go into unfamiliar territory of being affectionate and being, uh, you know, touching your son and really, really pressing into him in, in such a way that he knows, okay, masculinity is not just about uh, hard edges and strict, you know, um, maybe what you might consider only strong, powerful emotions. It's it's a combination of sensitivity wrapped in this strong, growing body of a man. And, and so mom and dad, it's going to be a risk, but be willing to take the risks because remember, when you look at your son, don't think of taking this risk as something that you're doing for yourself. 
I mean, you're doing it for his good and for him to be able to grow up in a healthy, nurturing home. Most definitely. And I think something I would add to that is moms and dads focus on your relationship first. You know, if you're having trouble with one another, if moms, if you're not feeling loved by your husband or husbands, if you're feeling, you know, kind of rejected or put out of the picture by your wife, talk about it. Uh, enjoy one another's relationship, and then you'll be able to parent out of the love you have for both for each other and not just the love you have for just your, your kids. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up there. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part